This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, I'm Jim Mallard, host of The Mallard Report. On The Mallard Report, along with my guest, we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions. For more information, my bio, past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. And thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody, to the program this evening. First and foremost, I want to send everybody over to veritiesapparel.com slash mallard. Get your 10% off. And uh, I was talking to Aaron the other day. Probably not supposed to say this yet, but we're getting close to having a design picked out and um, momentous occasion to sell it. So, well, that's enough of a tease about that. But go over to veritiesapparel.com. Awesome stuff already over there, so go pick yourself up one today. My guest tonight is Brian Seach of... Where are, where do I officially label you as? I've got this whole list of things you do, but what what, what should be the the comma there? Which one should it be? Well, I would say, but basically, uh, myself and my wife, uh, we're investigators of the unknown. We're cryptozoologists, ufologists, uh, paranormal researchers. We research it all. Basically, anything on the unexplained is what uh, is basically what we do. Well, but you also run the center for Expl- unexplained events. That'd be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Host can't read his own writing. The Center for Unexplained Events, the Center for Cryptological Studies. I'm guessing you're probably more into the the crypto side of things, if I was going to put a a tag on you, but that's kind of like picking your favorite job. Yes, I I would say out of everything, though, uh, the cryptids uh, are are still my passion, you know, especially Bigfoot. uh, You know, I grew up watching all the old uh, documentaries in the 70s that got me interested. And um, uh, we've been researching, uh, uh, doing field research for Bigfoot since uh, 2000. So uh, the Center for Unexplained Events, we started that in 1986, basically as a, a clearinghouse for all unexplained phenomena, uh, UFOs, ghosts, uh, everything, time travel, Bermuda Triangle, you name it. Uh, we start researching, documenting it, uh, collecting newspaper articles, and uh, we now have a huge library downstairs, and uh, which we call our S files, the speech files, and uh, it's just grown from there. It's kind of like a passion slash obsession. Now we'll put a pin in this obsession and come back to it here in a little bit. But you also do something else, which um, we were just talking about how long it's been since we actually connected the first time. And God, grief. Anyways, but we've got the twelfth annual Butler Paranormal. I want to say convention. I didn't write that part down. Is that right? Conference, yeah. Conference. Oh, fire me. Twelfth. <laughs> that makes me feel Twelve, 12 years, yeah. We're, we're, we're the <laughs> biggest and longest running in uh, western Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, actually. <laughs> I was going to say. Because I, I, we were talking about the one I did in 2011, which makes that eight years ago, which I also mentioned mm-hmm. that that's when I started my show. Maybe it's not a coincidence I never did a second one because we were talking about how much work a show is. <laughs> Definitely, there are a lot of work, and uh, we're lucky that we we co-sponsor it with a gentleman named Dan Hagman from uh, BORU, which stands for the Butler Organization for Research of the Unexplained. And um, it's been a labor of love, but it's also a lot of work, uh, you know, to get getting the guest speakers in and getting all the vendors. And uh, you want to, you know, always get different speakers in. Uh, we're lucky. We've had over, I think it's, we've had 42 different speakers, including the ones this year, Um in our 12 years, we always have five, so that's about 60 speakers that uh, that we've had in, and uh, 42 of them are different. We we always try to bring in some a lot of the local people, people that maybe nobody's heard of, or just the people from around here are familiar. Uh, we do bring some big guests in. We've had like Rosemary Guiley, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, uh, Peter Robbins, Patty Wilson, 
uh, Rich Fisher, John Sable, Tim Shaw, just to name some, Brett McGinnis. We've had all these, uh, all these gentlemen, uh, excuse me, all these, uh, researchers have been, you know, at our conference and we're, we're proud to say that, you know, we are the longest and uh, one of the biggest ones in Pennsylvania. We have, uh, always over 40 uh, vendors from everything from, uh, crystals to, uh, to uh, readers to, to Bigfoot material to ghosts, UFO. You can buy pretty much anything under the paranormal sun there. So we're pretty proud of it. So you, you have, I don't know if this is a good statement or a bad statement. The one name that caught my eye because he's been a guest on my show and I, I've had the pleasure of meeting him before is John Tenney this year coming up. And uh, it strongly occurred. I, I haven't seen his lecture. Of course, I've talked to him off the record, so to speak, and I, I am sure he does a good lecture. I can promise you that. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of excited about that. Yeah, we're very excited about having John Tenney. I have never had the pleasure of meeting him or talking to him, so this is going to be um, a really big thing for us. We have uh, some brother speakers, uh, Amy Perry Lane. She's going to be talking on ghost hunting. Uh, Jeff Walmsley is going to be talking about Mothman 101. He runs the uh, the huge uh, Mothman Festival every year in Point Pleasant, uh, West Virginia. Uh, we have another gentleman, Kerry Trent Haggard. He's going to be talking about UFOs in the Old West. Uh, and uh, a cryptozoologist from the Great Lakes, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Shaykan Nuwar. And um, and then John Tenney going to be talking about uh, evolutions and the origins and evolution of what seemed to be reality. So I'm really looking forward to hearing him. And ho- hopefully you can come down for this show. I think you will really, really enjoy it this year. It's on my calendar, but we all know how that goes. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about yeah. this. I was thinking about all these events that I have on this calendar, and I'm like, man, even not even presenting at these things, just trying to go catch up with people that you like, it's just... Yeah, running. and it is it's April 6th. I should, I, should, I should have mentioned the date. I'm sorry, it's April 6th, and it's 10 to 7. It's $15 admission, and it's at the Tanglewood Senior Center uh, in 10 Austin Avenue in Lindora, PA, Butler County. So uh, yeah, I do want to get that in. Yeah. People want to know where it is. <laughs> or as as I would tell you, a month from tomorrow. A month, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, it is a month from tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> he just went. Oh boy, I should be yeah. doing something else besides this interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're pretty much we're we're pretty much done. We still have a couple more vendor tables uh, that are coming in, but uh, uh, now it's just advertising from now on to now and then. So we, I think we got most of the hard work out of the way, except the day of, which is always. Always crazy in the morning. Everyone's racing around trying to get their tables ready and setting up everything. So it's pretty pretty hectic in the morning. And then and once the people come in, it's we're all everybody's calm. <laughs> I was gonna so, say, do you, uh, behind behind the, behind the curtain here, a little too far. Do you actually enjoy the day of at all? Oh, we love it. We love it. it we look it, if we could only do one event or uh, you know go to one event or sponsor, it would be uh, it would be the Beaver. I mean, it would be the uh, Butler Conference. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's, everybody looks forward to it, no matter who's, who's the speakers. It's like one big family. Uh, everybody looks forward to seeing each other that one time a year, and uh, it's just great. We'll do it until we can't do it anymore. So uh, we, we hope we can get to a 20. We've got eight more to go. <laughs> Ambitious. Maybe beyond. I... It all depends. <laughs> hey, but if there's enough people helping you and it's, people are showing up, I mean, you got to keep it rolling. Yeah, last year was our record our record attendance was over 200. So, um, uh, we were, we were really proud, you know, proud of that with all the uh, workers, uh, and all the vendors, we were close to three, you know, either people, the vendors, we were about 300 people. So that's a lot of people. Maybe you don't want to put, maybe the fire, you can't, you can't put that out there. The fire marshal will probably be upset. No, I, I think it actually holds more because there's a, there's one huge room and then there's a back room. Oh, also. that's right. I, f- I forgot there's about back, the back room. Back, you, you were there, weren't you? you were yeah, there I've been to the back room. Right? I've been to the back room. Got in trouble, yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> Not <laughs> it by you. It wasn't me, honest. I didn't Not by at. you, but by... Um, no, anyways. I was being a Weisenheimer. I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> I would never yell at you, Jim. No, it wasn't you. So you're all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, somewhere on my Facebook, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of pictures of me in the back room with a bunch of different people. So, oh really? Okay. From whatever year that was, that was a couple of years ago too. Mm-hmm. I fail. But anyways, so back to what? 
Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask German Town Runner's question first because it, it's better than the one I was going to spell it into. Is there a saturation point when the public comes to the paranormal of topics, or is it interest that is always actually increasing? Uh, is there a saturation point? I well, you, you wonder. I mean, there's possibly there's been a probably a saturation now of big of Bigfoot only events. I think everywhere you turn, like in PA and Ohio, there's a Bigfoot event. I think the difference between our conference and other ones is we always try to mix it up. We don't always have all ghost speakers. We will have a ghost speaker with a UFO speaker, uh, with a Bigfoot speaker, or with someone talking about something out of the blue. We always try to mix it up, even their topics. We want to know what their topics are because we don't want to be labeled. Well, basically, a paranormal conference encompasses everything. So that's kind of... That's kind of the, now. If there was a paranormal conference every every month or so, then yeah, would there would be a uh, maybe a saturation point. But um, it, it does take a lot to uh, you know to actually get these things going and plan them. And if they weren't successful, people weren't coming. We wouldn't have them. So, but I think there's a saturation point with everything. So I guess that I need to back up and step back for a second because as I'm thinking about people locally between uh, you know that i know that go to that event and all this other stuff there's a lot of us maybe maybe it seems disproportional because there's a lot of us like paranormal people that i know that are kind of out and about and do these shows and do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. is it is it just it's, it's yeah, not just yeah, there's, it's there's, just not me then you you notice what i'm saying yeah yeah if you if you would count in all your psychic fairs and your you know your uh your ghost conferences only yeah, there is a lot. Uh, we first started this, there wasn't as many in, uh, what is it, 2008. Uh, there wasn't, there wasn't as many as there is now. Now there's a, you know, a, just a proliferation of, you know, different conferences or, you know, in, in PA, Ohio and West Virginia in the, in the three states that we, you know, that we, we're near. So I guess it depends. Hey, you know, if a lot of these, a lot of these conferences, there'll be one or two and then they're done. You know, right. to go to go twelve years. I mean, that's that's rare to go that long. You know, I, I know far so, too well uh, about one and done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we actually enjoyed we really enjoyed your conference that uh, time up in Meadville. That's when we met you, so we I, we enjoyed it. But you know, I, here's what we need to do, Brian. We need to needed to put a name on this, like the Golden Triangle, and we'll just pick points and write a book about it. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I. Three state, the three state triangle. There's a lot of weird stuff in PA, as you know. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, also in, in down West Virginia. So we we live in a really strange area. We might be onto something here. By the way, this might just not mm-hmm. be more. This might be more than the punchline. This might be actually onto something. <laughs> so I look up and there's four more questions. They, these people don't realize the show's okay, only sure. an hour. This, they, they don't realize the show's only an hour. Um, you have a favorite. A favorite topic: cryptids, ufology, ghosts, etc. Well, my favorite, you know, has always been, it's always been Bigfoot because I've researched that the longest. So I would have to say that some of the other ones that we've been doing um, are, are the Dogman and some of these winged entity creatures. That uh, there's in 2011, there was a, a creature sighted in Chicora, Pennsylvania. They called it the Chicora Gargoyle, and it basically looked. Basically, like a gargoyle, it was it had huge wings, had a helmeted head. It was gray. Uh, Dan Hegman from Buru, who we just talked about, he had I think eleven or twelve sightings of this uh, creature. Some of the eyewitnesses he talked with. Um, the Dogman. We've been investigating Dogman since so eight, and uh, the Dogman is a werewolf type creature, which I hate to use that term, but seen in Ohio and Pennsylvania. Uh, we started that when we initially started it. There was only a few researchers that did it. Now, I'm also a member of another organization called the North American Dogman Project, which is uh, Jody Cook runs that out of Ohio. He's a good friend of mine. And I'm in that organization also. But uh, I would still have to say the cryptids, although we, you know, we do still do some UFOs, some ghost research, but uh, still the cryptids. You know, this dogman thing has baffled me. I mean, I, I, you know, again, I have, just like you, I kind of have my hand on everything, but not enough to know things. Not not, not enough to know everything, I guess. Enough to get myself in yeah. trouble. And, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one kind of always gets me. And I don't know if it gets me because it just seems too, 
well, I don't know. I can't put my finger on what what puts puts me off about it, but it, there's just something that I don't know. I know that's not really, a, but I guess maybe because you mentioned werewolves, and maybe that's the whole thing. Maybe are we kind of blurring lines again, like Bigfoot and Sasquatch? Some some people say that, but uh, I contend that, that that these are two different creatures altogether. Uh, and when you when you said you can't put your your hand on it, that was one of the when we first started researching. I'm like, oh come on, werewolves? Not really. I mean. We, we lived in, uh, I think I told you, we lived in Mercer County, closer to you, mm-hmm. uh, Grove City, for three years, and we never heard about it. Uh, this, this this creature that uh, Linda Godfrey had in a book, they called it the Shenango Valley Werewolf. And we were living back down here in, uh, in Hopewell when we heard about it. And I, I, I saw this book, and I'm like, what is this? I didn't hear, we didn't hear anything about this, about this Shenango Valley Werewolf. So we did some research. We were up at another conference in Mercer, and we put out a flyer, we had a table, and somebody came, hey, I saw this little creature, they called it Dog Boy. So, we interviewed the lady, we went we went to the location where she said she saw it, and we were able actually to get through some research, and we did a couple up. We did a presentation up in the library, we had over 100 people uh, talking about Bigfoot and, this, and the werewolf type creature, and uh, when we mentioned uh, this road called Hopper Road, which, this is where this little and they called it the dog boy, which I'll get to you in a minute. But this, so this creature, this, we think it actually was a boy now with, uh, who had a symptom called uh, hypertrichosis, which is called werewolf syndrome. But we think that's what it actually was. It wasn't a little werewolf boy. But we mentioned this Hopper Road, and everybody start looking at each other, and they start whispering, and, and the look of terror on some of these people's faces. And we just stopped the presentation. I said, what do, you, what do you guys know about Hopper Road? And we start hearing, oh, there's a bunch of weird things there. Oh, I've seen things. And it was just a really weird atmosphere. I wish that that was taped. As soon as we mentioned that road, Hopper Road, everybody just like, they were looking around at each other and some of the people's eyes were getting bigger. I mean, there were some weird, we think there's some weird things happening on there. We, When we did the initial investigation there, we had about five or six cars stop because we had our cars alongside the road and the eyewitness got out. And she was showing where this little dog boy ran and grabbed her. We had like five or six cars. They stopped. What are you guys doing here? What are you seeing? And it was like the whole neighborhood there start coming, <laughs> coming around and asking us what was going on. Uh, we were able to get, uh, we sent that story to, this, to uh, the Monsters and Mysteries in America show. We were able to get that that story on there about the uh, the uh, the dog boy. So if you ever get a chance to. Maybe you saw it. They call it the Shenango Dog Boy episode. So um, it was interesting. So it was one of the one of the neater ones we've covered. Was what was the name of the show again? I don't think I don't, I don't recall seeing that. It, 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 oh, it was called Monsters and Mysteries in America. Monsters. It was on the uh, 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 Destination America. I was able to. Luckily, I was able to be on about three episodes of it. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, what I'm doing here in about forty minutes. Um, <laughs> I guess I could do it now, but that'd be kind of rude. Um, and for those asking, yes, I do have my glasses on tonight. Oh, I feel old, but you know, sometimes. Um, I just got some too. Don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've had them for a while, and the the eye doctor keeps saying to me, "You know, you're supposed to be wearing those when you're on a computer." I'm like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I know." Well, do it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, about that. The actual function of the technique. Okay. <laughs> so I'm trying again. Um, let's talk about Bigfoot, because I know that's one of the things that's right up your alley. And it's... it's mm-hmm. Okay, so have you ever seen one? No, unfortunately I haven't. That's one of the reasons, to be honest with you, is I, I first got into this. I, I want to see one myself. I would... Hopefully, my wife and I could see one together. <laughs> I, um, I, I, I've watched all the, you know, since the 70s, I've watched all these shows about them. I've read all these books and tons of articles, and I've talked to so, so many witnesses who I believe saw, you know, saw this creature. And there's definitely something to it. What, what this, what this creature is, some people say it's an unknown primate, North American primate, or it's a uh, descendant of Gigantopithecus. Or it's an interdimensional creature. 
I don't know what it is, but I do believe the people who we've talked to have definitely had a sighting of this creature. Um, you know, how it stays hidden, all the other things that, 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 that go with the, the phenomena, because we call it the Bigfoot phenomena, I'm not 100% sure of, but uh, I think somehow this creature's out there, or is it, uh, is it there occasionally and then goes into another dimension? I'm not sure. But uh, all across Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, people, people research it. There's more uh, Bigfoot groups now in Pennsylvania than there's ever been in their history. Uh, Ohio is littered with <laughs> with uh, uh, Bigfoot researchers. I mean, Ohio's probably got three times the researchers that Pennsylvania does, even. And um, we're all we're all out looking for the same thing. Uh, does it exist? I'm going to say somehow it does because I don't think the people that we we talked to, I don't think they're lying. I really don't think that they're lying. I think that they're reporting an actual creature that's not supposed to exist. So I'm going to ask this question a different way than the person in the chat room, just so they know okay. this is kind of the same vein of the question. So we should be expecting like more credible videos or pictures shortly. I mean, as, as more people are looking for him, him, assuming he's a male, Bigfoot, um, <laughs> you know, that stereotypical approach we take there. I think that's just because <laughs> I'm a him and I just label him. Yeah. Anyways, it's like all dogs are hims, you know. Anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that an accurate assessment, or or am I saying something I shouldn't? No, I mean you, you're right. One one of the one of the, the kind of the problems is well, if there's something that big out there in the forest of Pennsylvania, Ohio, why don't we have more physical proof? Why don't we have more pictures? Well, I I do think that there are more pictures out there than what people know about. I really do think that. I think there's more deer cam photos. I've talked to people who say I've got I've got a, a deer cam. Uh, a photo on my, uh, you know, it had out in my woods on my property, and I got something that I can't, I'm not going to show anybody. Um, a lot of people now they're they're keeping a lot of this close to the vest. Some people share them, and the thing is, what what you got to realize if you share something on Facebook or whatever, and you go public with it, you're going to take a lot of scrutiny. You're going to be attacked. You're going to say, oh well, that's that's just a man in a suit. That's a hoax. Um, you will, you're going to have to defend your, your picture tooth and nail. And a lot of people see that. A lot of people see what happens when somebody comes forth and they figure, Hey, you know what? This isn't worth it. Um, so, I mean, I, I've seen a nice, uh, a nice video that came out of, uh, um, was it, uh, Wellsville, Ohio, where the place, the exact place where the, the Ohio how was taken. Not many people know. There's actually a video that, that, that was taken on that same property, and basically it was, there's an infrared light, and he has a basket of uh, fruit or something, and you see this this hand come around the tree, and then you see uh, a face, and it looks like it's sniffing the air, and then it just goes right back into the forest. I mean, the hand and the face are white because of the infrared light, but uh, not a lot of people have seen that 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 video. So, but the gentleman is right who who said that, if it is a gentleman, that we should be having a lot more proof. And I think that the proof is out there, but the people just aren't coming forth. And frankly, I can't blame it. I can't, after I see the way the community reacts, I really can't blame some of the people for not wanting to to share their evidence, to be honest with you. How do we, I mean, how do we get past that? I know, very, very short question for a very difficult answer. How, how do we get past it? Um, Boy, if you find out, let me know. Because uh, we all we all want we all want the same thing. We want to see these incredible pictures of Bigfoot. I think we can agree on that. I, think, mm-hmm. I, I hate to say, oh every yeah, once, every once in a while, I, I have these basic tenets on the show, and I think that is one of them. Everybody wants to see the cool ghost stuff, the cool Bigfoot stuff, the cool UFO yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're we're, and, we're, we're sitting here talking about it, and I know you're one hundred twenty percent right about. Mm-hmm. People not wanting to release it because they don't want the trolls, the internet yes. trolls, not mm-hmm. just making sure I'm clear about that for some people, to mm-hmm. attack it. And because at some point it just becomes wasted time for them trying to defend a picture yep. that. So I'd, we've got to figure this out. I I agree with you. Um, the best thing maybe if we can you can go to a scientist like uh, Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum or someone like that. 
and work at it from there. I mean, there's some. There's also a lot of hoaxing done in the field. You know, people try to hoax videos and pictures, and um, so you don't even like. Sometimes you don't really know what to believe, who to believe. There's some really, you know, I've seen some kind of convincing looking pictures people put on the internet, but there's no backstory to it. You can't contact the people or it's just a picture. Well, you know, there's a lot of people doing Bigfoot movies and things like that. So you really don't know who or what to believe. So you can see why people are, are skeptical. But yeah, I want to see them just as much as you. I want to see more videos like I saw down in Wellsville, Ohio. Um, but how you get past that, <laughs> like I said, I don't know if we'll ever get past that unless one, unless there's actual a specimen brought in to say this is proof these things exist. Once I think that happens, then I think a lo- I think the floodgates will open with pictures and everything else. I really do think that. I come to this realiz- I came to this realization about five or six years ago when I'm like, yeah, there's got to be more pictures, more photos. There has to be. Everybody's got a cell phone, hundreds of deer cam photos in the, you know, deer cams in the woods. Just uh, you know, people out sight seeking. You know, sightseeing, high, you know, hiking with cameras now, uh, drones flying over places. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. So you met you mentioned the ultimate prize. I don't want to say it that way. The the one that the the tipping point would be a body. Now mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen one, and I know this is the great the, another one of these. Well, this isn't a tenant. This is one of these all-time questions. Um, with opportunity and a rifle, would you bag a Bigfoot? Never. Even though it could prove one of the greatest mysteries of all, I would never shoot one of these things. I just, I believe they have just as much right to be out there as we do. Um, yeah, would it solve the mystery? Yes, but you would hope that maybe somebody would find one in the woods dead or, you know, something happens by accident, you find one. But for someone just to go out and kill one, I think it would be, and it almost sounds counterproductive, right? In a way, but uh, I'm like, no, I don't advocate killing these things. And I know people who want to go out and kill them. And I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I never did. Um, maybe the mystery is not meant to be solved in our lifetime. Uh, I would, I'd rather have that happen than someone shoots one. To be honest with you, I, I know it might sound counterintuitive to what I'm, I research, but I, I wouldn't want to see it. But why haven't we found the dead one though, or bones, or any of that other? Well, you, I mean, the the, the standard answer to that is, you know, nature has a really good disposal system out in the woods. Other animals will eat the body. Porcupines will eat the bones. So it doesn't take long for uh, any kind of animal to uh, to kind of, you know disappear basically and if these we want to call them creatures if they are more than creatures we believe they're in family units and we believe a lot of people well not we everybody a lot of people believe that they probably bury their own again it's all subjective I know but um, you take a lot of those factors in consideration um, like I tell you give, give you a quick little example we used to live in Grove City and uh, we had to make a left and go onto the main road, and there was a, ra- a big raccoon that had got killed. Okay, and I drove by it every day, like you know, within one week. That ra- I mean, it swelled up. Okay, and then it basically, you know, the animals ate it, and within one week, oh, you hardly you hardly saw anything. And that was alongside of a road. Okay, and you know, it wasn't in the woods. In the woods, it's going to deteriorate quick quicker. So, also another. Some people think, hey, you know, maybe they actually have found one, or there, maybe there's some kind of conspiracy that the government, <laughs> uh, if somebody reports one of these. No, I mean, it, it, it does. I know some people may say hey, it might be a conspiracy. I know. Think about that for a second, though. Oh, I, I trust I mean, me. I do. They, they, Way too know, many government Yeah, they watch everything you do anyway, <laughs> you know. And so if there is a big ape out there, or whatever you want to call it, and they're monitoring and they're watching, you know, would would would, would they come and try to take it away. I, I bet you they would. I mean, I, again, it might sound crazy to some. Well, you know, you got the men in black. I, I mean, it's not, it's not that crazy. Well. Yeah. Maybe to a normal person, but you're talking to somebody that isn't. So, um, what about <laughs> what about the other the other woodland creatures? Um, gnomes, fairies, pixies. Do you do any of that stuff? 
do a little bit. My wife uh, and our friend Leah, who's in the group, they're really into the gnome, the fae, I guess you want to call them. Um, we did. There was an interesting picture. Uh, if you look under, uh, I think it was called the Butler Butler Gnome. And we actually talked to that gentleman. We really, we really tried to get on his property, but uh, didn't really work. We're still, still trying to work on it. We're in contact with him, but he took a very interesting uh, set of two photos. It kind of looks, uh, and you can look it up on the internet. I, I believe it. I believe it does. If you would type in Butler Gnome, um, if you see the picture, it's really interesting. It kind of looks like what a gnome would be, and uh, there's two pictures of it, and. Um, pretty compelling i mean there are there is stories about about little creatures little men little up in the adirondacks and in, in new york there's a lot of uh, stories of little people so it is a very interesting thing we we've done a couple investigations uh, on it uh one here in beaver county but uh, we took pictures and things like that. No, nothing came of it but uh i think it, it let's face it if we can't find a six-foot gigantic ape hiding in the woods if these creatures as small as they are these humans or whatever you want to call them gnome pixies how are you going to find them they're even smaller so um, I think a lot more research has to be done in, in that area but it is very interesting well I think I have we have a lot more um, places for a what two foot 18 inch high thing to hide than a six seven foot I mean up, upwards I mean I've even heard some crazy numbers when it comes to that stuff. So, yeah, if there's anybody listening to, you know, tonight, if they do want to contact us with any of these, whether it be a gnome or a gargoyle or a Bigfoot, please, uh, you know, go to our Facebook pages, or uh, later on, I'll give you, you know, our email. You can contact us because this is one of the things we do while we go on the radio shows, and while we talk at some of these conferences, we're trying to get a uh, few, you know, reports so we can actually go out and investigate them. This is this is the lifeblood of what we do. So, if anyone is, uh, you know, is listening, please contact us. Maybe maybe that's the answer. Maybe I don't want to post my picture, but if you come and investigate my picture and say, "Hey, you're on to something," I'll say, "Hey, post my picture because I don't want to deal with the anyways." So maybe there's something here. Maybe maybe we mm-hmm. know the answer. We just got to convince people of the answer. Yeah. Okay, so I've waited all of 32 minutes because. Let's rewind the tape for those of everybody who has never heard the story because nobody has. Um, Brian and I met at my event seven, eight years ago. Ugh. Anyways, and <laughs> guy walks up to me and says hello and introduces himself and his wife, and we're having a pleasant little chat. And he goes, one more thing. Do you not have any local cryptid stories? And I went, well, yes, I do. And I told you about a giant turtle who supposedly flipped over a I don't want to say rowboat, but that's kind of what it was while they were working on the interstate going through the Geneva Swamp. And mm-hmm. I've heard that multiple times from different people that, I mean, don't know each other. So, I, I you know, as you hear it, and then I, you know, been out to the swamp, sat there. I mean, you know, it's a cool place to just kind of go sit when the sun's going down over over actual technically Geneva um, mm-hmm. and just let it let it wind down never seen anything of course but it's kind of a mm-hmm. cool nature place especially because there's a little dirt road at the bottom that you can go and kind of be away from people unless it's fishing season and then all bets are off but anyways mm-hmm. so you, you've, you've got more information for me than I had for you well yeah we were actually up at uh, the uh, it was a outdoor show about a month ago up in uh, Monroe. It wasn't even a month ago. I think it was about two and a half weeks ago up in Monroeville. And there was a gentleman there from the Crawford County uh, uh, Tourism. And I just said, hey, i, I got to ask you, you guys ever see any, if we get any reports, any kind of strange animals or anything weird or anything up there? He says, no, not really. I said, do you ever get anything from the Geneva Swamp? He goes, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, have you ever gotten any reports of any any, a giant turtle there. I said, they're, they kind of nickname it the Geneva Swamp Turtle. I said, it was a, supposed to be a huge, oversized turtle that uh, reportedly can, like, you know, tip over a, a small boat. He says, well, he hasn't heard any sightings 
or anything about from Geneva, but he did say he, that he lived in uh, right on Conneaut Lake, and he saw. He said he claimed he saw a massive a snapping turtle there. He says it was huge. He says it was. He said uh, that it, that at the head of this thing was as big as his head. And he says, well, other people saw it too. I think he saw it by. Uh, he was on the, the one edge of the lake, and he saw it going in a channel. Now I posted, which I I, I do occasionally on uh, the Facebook page, FYI Crawford County. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been on that. My wife is. I refuse to be, but that's a whole different story for another show. <laughs> well, I can maybe see why, because believe me, I've taken my share of abuse. I've been posted on there for two years, and <laughs> I've asked about everything from Bigfoot and Dogman, and a good chunk of them are they're making fun of me. But there are some who, people who come forward. So I did mention about this turtle, and I said, does anyone have any information on this? Well, what, some guy came on, and he says, I've seen some large snappers in Conneaut before, usually off the point where this gentleman says that he saw it, but also up in the canal which there's apparently been sightings of that. And he said the one uh, the one at the point was the largest. Its head was probably the size of a cantaloupe, and the shadow of the body was three to four feet across at a minimum. And another person said, I saw a snapper just north of Geneva Swamp was crossing the railroad tracks. It covered both rails with plenty of shell hanging over on both sides. And then another gentleman said, I saw a big snapper on Route 19 back in 05 that stopped traffic while it crossed the bridge over the Geneva Swamp. It said it was huge, and nobody was brave enough to get out of their cars. It just went slowly across. And then the last person said, about 30 years ago when I was 10, I saw a snapper about three and a half feet from head to tail out by Mama Bear's restaurant, crossing the road from one side of the swamp to the other. So there, there you have it right there. I mean... One of the interesting, the kind of interesting things is, especially when I talked to you, it made me think more about um, in, in a county, say Crawford County, you have a legend of Geneva Swamp Turtle. I never heard of it. I lived in Pennsylvania my whole life. I never heard of it. We've been researching cryptids. Not that this is a cryptid. This is just an oversized turtle. But you can see how sometimes uh, the legend of something is true. It might not be as big as with not camera sized or anything but um you can see even with the, the you know the shenango dog boy i do believe people were seeing something it wasn't i don't think it was a supernatural creature i think it was just a deformed boy with hypertrichosis uh the eerie wolf boy which we do believe after doing some research that uh, the uh the one in mercer the, the shenango dog boy we believe moved the family moved up to Erie because this Erie Wolf Boy was seen. And apparently the boy died. I even got a last name, which I'm not going to to mention because uh, I was on another website or another Facebook page and someone said the name. So you can see how, uh, you know, legends do have some truth to them. And that's what I think is, is really interesting. I mean, there is, I do believe there's a giant turtle up there. How big? I'm not sure. But that's just, it just really... After you told me that, I was like so interested in that, and I really tried to research this, and didn't really come to much until until like about a couple weeks ago. So, if there's anybody listening that knows anything about this, we'd like to hear from them also because it, it is it is something interesting. I think, don't you? I mean, I'm still fascinated by it. I still, I, if it's just a big turtle, I still want to see it. it. I just still want to see. Yeah, it. me too. Just to put it to bed, just to say, yeah, there's a three foot turtle crossing the road. Picture done. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a big you know, boy. He's got to have some years on him. Yeah, yeah. And I think snappers can live over. You know, snapping turtle can live over 100 years old. I believe, and uh, there's been huge ones. You know, all over the place. You know, and if something's in that swamp, uh, it pretty much can can rule that swamp. <laughs> can rule that swamp if there's something that big. Definitely, and and I have to look it up, but if, if there is a connection between Conneaut Lake and the swamp, I think there's an stream that mm-hmm. runs between them. But I'd have to look it up to confirm that. Okay. So, but so there's a way around. I mean, but is it deep enough mm-hmm. for a turtle that's three foot? Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping well tonight, thinking about this turtle. <laughs> 
But I, I just thought that that was just really because you know because you know when you told me about that this is why that when we go places like even at that outdoor show I went and I, I talked to people I talked to people from uh, you know uh, Crawford Butler I mean I, I thought hey you have any interesting stories you know I'm not shy some of them look at me like I'm crazy but uh, this is what a researcher does you, you want to talk to people you want to get the reports you want to see if there's any substance to it so it's fun too it's a lot of fun when people open up to you you know because you, you know that they're not going to you're not going to make fun of them, you know? Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. There's, that's part of, I mean, like I said with you, you just kind of just threw it out there. I wasn't planning on telling a cryptid story that day, but you asked and I had one. So there we went. But if you wouldn't have asked, I probably wouldn't even thought about telling you, especially that day. And yeah. What it, <laughs> yeah. And, and well, what's the, the interesting thing about it is, you know, like in two weeks, I'm going down to uh, Fayette County. I'm giving a presentation at a, uh, a Bigfoot event down there. And um, I want to hear the people's, you know, some of their stories, you know, about some weird other, you know, because there's tons of Bigfoot stories down there. I don't need those. I'd like to get some other the, uh, other strange cryptids uh, that maybe they have a different name for them down there. But maybe it's, a, you know, Mothman or Winged Entity or, or Dogman or, or whatever. So it's just, it's interesting when you start talking, if you can get the, the trust of the locals and they know you're not going to make fun of them, which you can find out. I believe all across the United States, there's different things being seen with different names. Well, Bigfoot in itself is tons of different names for Bigfoot. Um, a lot are tailored to the area. We were down to North Carolina several years ago. We walked into one of these shops and I said, hey, you know, you might think I'm crazy, but... Uh, Never seen any creatures look like Bigfoot. And he says, oh, you mean boogers. We call them boogers down here. <laughs> you know, B-O-O-G-E-R, boogers. So, um, you know, down south, it's skunk ape. You know, there's different names for Bigfoot. In Ohio, some, sometimes they name it the grass man. So there's there's a lot of – we actually have a, a, a Bigfoot around uh, uh, Pennsylvania into Ohio. It's a white Bigfoot that we call Whitey. We've named him Whitey. He's been seen about like seven or eight times. So it's interesting. I mean, there's – just there's some weird things out there that if people would start talking to you more, you get a lot more information. So, not calling you out directly. Just take this for granted. Salt, not you, listener. You okay. out there? You know how we have all these stupid maps of pop and soda and soda pop and all this other crap that nobody cares about. We should get mm-hmm. the na- we should get the names for Bigfoot and all these other things put on a map like that. Now that would be cool, and I would share that one. Okay. Yeah, actually, you know what? The cool thing, uh, somebody in Ohio uh, made a map. Uh, I think it was like a haunted Ohio map or something, and it listed. I mean, it couldn't. It didn't list them all, but it listed uh, some some UFO sightings, some cryptid sightings, some haunted places, and uh, they had actually sold out of the map. I don't even know if they make it anymore, but it's a. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a, like a fold fold out map, like you you know you would. Hey, here's a map of Pennsylvania. It was a big map. It was huge, and um, yeah, something like that would you know would be pretty cool. So, somebody out there with way too much free time. No. <laughs> well, it, this is what what people don't realize. Even like us, we we do have some book projects, <laughs> <laughs> and we've done a little bit of work on a local project, but we just with actually life we just don't have the time to sit down and write what we want to with it but we will get one out maybe several um i have some ideas about several books but it's never been that much of an important thing for me to to drop everything and just work on a book because we know a lot of authors we actually give a lot of authors uh material from our files and um i actually have to write a little couple page on some winged entities for the lady who's coming down in Mich- from Michigan. So, yeah, I mean, it's I'm not the greatest writer, I'm not going to lie, but I have to sit there and do some research and, you know, try to get some of this written. So, And it's not easy. There's some great, great writers that we know. They're great at what they do, you know. And, uh, as I tell it's people, an art. It is an art. As I tell people, there's a reason I talk and don't write. So I hear you. 100%. Yeah. I mean, see, I'm sure you'd have a lot of great stories to tell, too. But again, it takes time, and people don't realize that. I mean, you know, everybody says you got all this information, and you can write a ton of books. I'm like, well, yeah, me and 
Carrie could if we had the time or if it was super important to us. I mean, but we would rather go out there than sit, you know, sit there and write it and document everything. And so, well, yeah, so, I, I somebody suggested to me that I, somebody suggested to me that I should talk and have it transcribed. The only problem is if I start telling a story and then I remember a piece from another story and another story, and then you start looking at story A and you're like, "How did you end up eating a hot dog in Pittsburgh?" What, yeah. this, what 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 I can't follow the train of events that happened there. Well, that's because the whole, this, the hot dog in Pittsburgh happened five years before that story started. That's probably why you can't mm-hmm. follow it. But it's all connected. It all plays back and forth. And yeah. So, yeah, and the, and the older you get too, this is this is another thing. I'm really big on on exact dates. Okay, I really am. And um, a lot of the ones that you know the the stuff that we researched. Yeah, it's in. Uh, it's in binders and stuff like that. And I'd have to go back and I want exact dates, times, if possible, uh, drawings. And yeah, we could get that, but now I'm going to have to go through, go, go through the files and everything and write it down, you know, and cause I want I want the, the correct story to get out there. Now we don't use eyewitness names ever, but so the name is not going to be a problem, but, and we don't, we wouldn't use say exact location if it was in someone's backyard. We're not going to say we would just give a roundabout. Hey, it was in Wampum or something like that. We wouldn't say, Hey, it's on 1215 Ashmore Street or something. We don't do that. But um, it's really important for us to get accurate stuff out there. So some of our, when we write, some of the stuff is probably going to be a little bit boring because I'm real, I like to be real technical with that kind of stuff. And there is a western Pennsylvania town name, if you've ever heard one, Wampum, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of western Pennsylvania, another, boy, you know, the international people are probably rolling their eyes at me at this point, but that's okay. Um, are there more big Bigfoot sightings up, say Warren County, the National Forest? You know where I'm at that direction, or is it more? Yeah, Allegheny National Forest. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, there's I'm a at. lot of sightings up. There. Or, or yeah. is there is there more in, down your way, the Westmoreland County? I guess that's past you, but still, Westmoreland County, Washington County, that block down the corner of Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, most of the, a good chunk of the Bigfoot sightings do occur on the Chestnut Ridge. That's the ridge that runs from Indiana down in Indiana County, excuse me, down to uh, uh, to right of right of, right around Morgantown. I think it's a hundred mile ridge or something like that. And uh, Westmoreland is like your your top county for Bigfoot sightings, and right one A is, is Fayette County. And uh, Stan Gordon, a longtime researcher, he's he's researched Westmoreland since the '60s with his organizations. Now he does it himself, so he has a lot of sightings from there. Um, now my good friend Fred Saluga has an organization. He's at it for a couple of years down in Fayette County, and every this is his event coming up actually. So um, that's how they're getting a lot of sightings down there. So here, you know, we've been around for a while, but it's it's hard for us to get our name out there. So that's why we we went from Q, which we still have Q, to the Center for Cryptozoological Studies so we could try to get more of the cryptid reports. And it has worked. When we're with Q, people are like, what's that? You know, it's just Center for Unexplained Events. You know, it was, they didn't think cryptid. Now, when you say cryptozoological, people associate it with Bigfoot, and we have a logo out there with a Bigfoot on it and everything, and people are coming to us more and more, so it's helped. So the new group in 2012 is when we had that, we started that. It's really helped us get the reports. 2012, yikes. Where does this time go, Brian? We need a time machine. I don't know. I'm slow got... time down. Or... <laughs> yeah. I'm getting too old myself. I hear you. Can't it's... do this forever, Jim. <laughs> it's, not, it's not old. It just makes me feel old, man. It's just like, man, I blinked <laughs> and I missed 10 years. Oh. Yep. Yep. Okay. So if there's any place in the world that you'd like to go do field research on cryptids, where would it be? We always wanted to go to the Pine Barrens in New Jersey. Looking for the Jersey Devil. It's always been one of my. I'd like to take a uh, a trip down there, look for the good old Jersey Devil. We we drove by the Pine Barrens when we uh, were on vacation oh, years ago. I can't remember how many years now. And it's eerie, eerie place. Just driving, we were driving down the Gar- Garden State Parkway, just looking at the rows of pines. Right before we did that, we were driving up and down this one section looking for the Parkway Phantom. This was a alleged uh, ghost that wore a red flannel shirt it was called the parkway phantom so it was right around this one exit and again i forget it was so long ago so we found out about it let's drive up and down here three or four times with our cameras and 
see if we saw it. Of course, we didn't see anything, but it was kind of like a nice little uh, side thing that we did, you know. <laughs> As I say, what's the craziest side thing you've done? I know. I, I okay. I know. I'll, I'll I'll tell you mine, and then you. Well, it gives you a second to think about yours. Um, I intentionally took us an hour and forty five minutes out of our way to go to a cemetery. Not the go, not mm. the ghost hunt, not to do anything. I just had to pay respects to somebody that was buried there because mm-hmm. of a backstory of a ghost story, but not to investigate there, just to say thank you and yes, I've made it, quote unquote. Now can you? And sure enough, they did leave me alone after that. So that's my craziest side mm-hmm. trip. What's yours? Well, I, I would have to say one of the ones that we did is we went to see with my uh, my wife's cousin down in Gaffney, South Carolina, and we found out literally a couple miles away on a road that we found out. We we researched it before we went there. There was a road, and again, I for, sorry, I forget the name. It was allegedly, if you drive down the end of this road and have your lights on, you would see the ghost of this white wolf. So we drove all the way down to the end of the road, and we're sitting there, and I had my camcorder out, and there was like one last house there and I'm like, you know, the lights were on and it looked like something was going to come out. So we're like, well, I think we better get out of here because they wouldn't want some Yankees in our Pennsylvania place just sitting there, you know? So we just, <laughs> we just decided to leave, but that was a pretty cool, we didn't see anything or catch anything on tape, but I just thought it was a pretty cool little, uh, little side trip, but it was really only a couple miles from where we were staying with her cousin. I thought that was pretty cool. I have this belief in my head that I don't want people turning around to my driveway, so I don't turn around to other people's driveways. Just kind of out of yeah. So we were going to do an interview, not even an investigation, going to talk to the people, and we mm-hmm. were in we were in town, proper town of this. Ta- I mean, this is a legitimate town, and I'm like, so I just go past the house, you know, kind of getting a look and seeing if there's where we could park. And there's no more cross streets, and there's just a couple more houses, and then there's some woods, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, getting on the edge of town. Next thing I know, I swear to you, there is high tensile wire, which is cow fence, on both sides of us, mm-hmm. and then there's this pile of sawdust in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I went, where did I go wrong? I'm now in the middle of a cow field. I literally was huh. at, on a street in town, and like two miles later, I'm in the middle of a cow field. Wow. And I'm like... Trying to turn now, I'm trying to turn turn around on this, you know, because like I said, there's high tensile fence on both sides. And I'm like trying not to knock that down because I don't want to let all these cows out. Uh-huh. I'm not that guy. No, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not standing here while the, we, you know, hunt somebody down to fix my mess because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't go well. It's fun. Though. <laughs> it's fun. There's there's a lot of there's a, you know a lot of fun things you can do. We we were down at the we went down to. Uh, uh, Calvert Cliffs, Maryland. We were uh, looking for fossil shark teeth and things like that. And so one um, one day we were just sitting out, just sitting, and it was a Chesapeake Bay. And I was, I'm like, let's just sit for a while at the binoculars and look for Chessie, <laughs> Chessie the sea serpent. So yeah, we didn't see him, but it was it was fun, you know. And then we did some fossil hunting. So yeah, there's a lot of fun, different fun things that you could do. Uh, not just Bigfoot. There's a ton of mysteries out there. And, you know, you could sit out and uh, sky watch for UFOs and things like that. So it's, yeah, there's so many, th- you know, ghosts, of course. So, um, let me regard this question too. Is there, is there a busier time of year? Is it winter or summer for cryptids or does that not really matter? Well, I think more people see a lot of these cryptids just in the summer and the better weather because there's more people out. Um, one of the interesting things here in Beaver County, especially pertaining to Bigfoot, we, you know, writing all the sightings down, most of our sightings here come, they come between like October and this September, October, and then they usually end in January. Very seldom get any reports between January and in the summer. You get some, but you don't get a lot. So it's like kind of weird. It's like some people say, oh, if they, if they migrate, if they migrate through here then, I'm like, I don't know that. All I can tell you is, you know, if you get more reports in like a four month period, you, you know, is there a trend? I mean, it's, it seems so, but 
you know, there's the old saying, there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. What's the other What's the other statistic, Chuck? Uh, what is it, 73% of statistics are made up on the spot? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. never heard that one. Oh boy, I'm glad I was able to tell you that one. I can't believe every time I <laughs> normally tell that everybody's already heard that one before. So I'm glad to be able to break that yeah. to somebody. Um, is there ever been one uh, something that you went out, set out to look up or investigate, and you just went there and you went, "Oh, it was the the Santa behind a tree," I guess, because that's kind of something that happened to me. Because somebody kept seeing something, you know, in the woods, and then you walk out there, and there's this old. Christmas decoration that's kind of flimsy and it blows in the wind so you can kind of see them sometimes and if the wind's blowing the other direction you don't see them well I remember the the, the the one time I think it was I don't remember it was me and my wife or me and my friend Chris that we saw these lights in the sky this was like when we first had the group and it looked like they were going around in like a circular motion so we we drove and we followed them. It ended up being two searchlights from a car lot. And so, you I know, mean, one of the, this is when we very first started, um, UFO research would have been in like 86 or something like that. And like, oh my God, they're, they're staying in one place, but they're going back and forth. It's like, yeah, it was two searchlights. Do they, they do that anymore? Does, it, does anybody know if car dealerships still do that? I don't really know. I can't remember the last time that, uh, that we saw that. I was saying, because if you were telling that story, I'm like, I remember seeing it like a long time ago, but I haven't seen mm -hmm. it recently. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they don't do it because it's too expensive. It's like Chris said, you know, I don't know. Somebody out there knows. There's got to be an answer to this question. I'm sure somebody probably still does it. If not, why, why did it go instinct? That's, there you go. There's your first book. Why do car dealers not flash those big lights anymore? Uh, <laughs> Mystery one solved. No, okay, so. <laughs> We've got three minutes left. I told you we'd get there in a hurry. Okay. Um, where can people find the, uh, the the groups and more information about the event and all that fun stuff? Yeah, basically, if you want to uh, uh, come to either one of our uh, our Facebook pages, which would be the uh, Center for Unexplained Events, and the other is the Center for Cryptozoological Studies. And as far as the Butler Conference, we even have a uh, a Facebook page. Uh, I believe it is the 12th annual Butler Conference. If you type it in, you'll you'll see the schedule, the speakers, yeah, and all the pertinent information for that. And uh, you'll also see some pictures from former conferences. And if you would want to email me, uh, if you have a sighting of anything or anything unusual, you could email me at centerforcryptostudies at gmail.com or bseach at comcast.net. And we really do want to hear your stories, your, uh, you know, whether they be a giant turtle, a giant snake, a Bigfoot, anything, um, gnome, fairy. We just want to hear about it. We just name your names will never be used. So please contact us. Like I said, I'm still. I'm gonna have nightmares tonight, Brian. I know who to thank. Normally, you know, we we kind of joked about government conspiracy. Normally, that kind of stuff keeps me awake at night. But now. Big turtles. I guess I should mention at this point that I have two pet turtles downstairs that are, let's say, six, seven inches. I mean, not nearly as the same size as what we're talking about. So, but <laughs> yeah. nevertheless, yeah, tur <laughs> turtles are pretty cool. Tur yeah. Turtles are really cool. Yeah, I wish they were Especially better. Especially if you see them in the wild. As I was say, I wish they were a little. These mine were a little bit better at the self cleaning bit, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I've got. I'm going to ask you a random question here because we start to wrap this up. Got about a minute left, okay. so don't don't feel pressure to give me a couple. Uh, one historical event that you could witness, but obviously I can't have you impacting history because you know the ramifications are are endless. What what historical event would you go to watch? Boy, it would be great to see Nikola Tesla fire up that coil for the first time, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be, it would be something. Yeah, or that's Franklin, one I can think off the top. Or Franklin with the that, key, or Franklin with the key. I mean, getting shocked. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there's so many. Yeah, you know, landing on the moon. I mean, I was a little kid. I was four. I don't remember it obviously, but um, yeah, 
just so much I boy, it's something I'd really have to sit and think but yeah those are some of the ones right up the top of my head so many fun things a lot of good things to think about so mm-hmm. hey thanks for hanging out with me oh hey I had a blast man if, um, if you ever uh, you know views and opinions expressed on the Mallard report right, are those night. of the host and yeah, participants yeah you too hopefully we see you next month in one month from shows, today <laughs> social media links have a good night so much more. All right, thank you. Visit Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. And thanks for listening. And we talk, talk, talk. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.